It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little about that which we love, corporate America, and the craziness that ensues in cubicles in all types of offices across the globe. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from, cu- from cubicles in workplaces, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Kim? I changed the intro. Did I throw you off? You did, but did you say it was just corporate America? No, I said it's all the craziness that ensues in cubicles. Around the globe. Around the globe. In Regard- all types of offices. Really? Okay. I did. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little change for us, but yeah. let's see Changing how it works Changing it up. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah good. Yeah. And plus, you're, fat. you're back on this, this episode. Woo. The last one you weren't. I know. We missed you. Thank you. We like, had Allison. It, it's good to be missed. I'm yeah. sad I missed out on all the fun, but... Yeah. Well, we'll have Allison back, and Let's, you'll be back, too. Yeah. Okay. Forever. Excellent. You've got me. All right. So, Kim, let's get into our latest. Let's get into it. Cubicle Insanity. So, as you know, Kim, I think we did it last year, too. I mm-hmm. love workplace trends. Yes. So, there um, were a couple of articles that came out about the biggest workplace trends in 2019. Interesting. I can't wait for us to get okay. into it. This is going to help you prepare. Okay. What do you need to be thinking about and be ready for? Um, and so this are, so the, uh, there was two articles and I pulled a few things out of them. One, this one is from uh, CNBC and it's uh, from uh, a woman called Debbie Caro. Okay. And um, so we'll just hit the, there was five points in this particular one. Okay. One, Kim. Gen Z is joining your workforce. Wait a minute. I just got used to the millennials. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. Um, In case you don't know, Gen Z, the oldest members are 23 years old. Cranky. Oh, adorable. Um, So this, of course, is going to impact employers, Mm -hmm. how things are done at workplaces, yeah, And the interesting point they make about them is this is the first generation to grow up entirely in an internet-centric society. That's interesting. It that, is. Yeah, so 23, yeah. They, they know, I mean. Yeah, Google, the internet's been around. Google's yeah. been a thing. Yeah. Their whole lives, like yeah. they, you know. So I thought that was. Um, so is that the only thing that sets them apart than. The Gen Y, Gen X, what, what's going to make them different in the workplace? Well, so, I mean, they give a couple of things, but it does all revolve around technology, really, with, okay. these, with these kids. Um, and one of the, th- the points that they make... Do we call them kids or earlier career? Oh, shoot. Earlier career <laughs> colleagues. Uh, okay, yes, they are our <laughs> colleagues. They're, they're not kids, I guess. Uh, yeah. Now you've got me thinking, have I said that at work? Like, I bet I have. Yeah, we just call them early early career colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have called somebody green the other day, and I haven't used that word in a long time. Somebody's showing their age. I am. And I love it. I embrace it. Um, Sorry, I interrupted. So Okay, so with the Gen Zs, the, the other point they make is really for everybody else working with these Gen Zs, and that is... They call them idiosyncrasies, which I love that word, and I think it's super um, fun to use. 
that really if you use the Gen Z's idiosyncrasies, so all these things around technology mm-hmm. and things like this, it's actually going to help you and them integrate into a team a little bit more quickly. And I thought, you know what? That's really an interesting point. And it's not just Gen Z's that really that applies to. If you think about the idiosyncrasies of whatever different you know type, mm-hmm. if it's a generation or whatever that you work with, yeah, leaning into those and make taking advantage of them instead of making them a a negative or a downfall, right. then everybody just gets along a little bit quicker. Yeah, be inclusive and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Kim, I, with that one though, technology, I, I you're 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 down with that. So. Um, I'm. Yep, I got two thumbs that one works. <laughs> it's all good. You know. Yep, yep. Okay, the second one here, super kind of the flip side and super interesting. They titled this one, Your 100-Year Lifespan. More and more people are reaching their 100th birthday. Fact. Than ever before, Fact. which means people are staying in their careers longer than we've ever seen. You know, that's interesting. Yes, because like at work, the other day I ran, um, we call it a worker data report. And so it has all the demographics because I was trying to think about workforce planning, thinking about like, what is our workforce looking like? You know, we're going to start having a lot of retirements and things yeah, oh like yeah, that yeah. to kind of start anticipating. So what we're going to need and how we're thinking about things. And um, I was shocked. We have a handful, not many, but a handful of people colleagues that are 70 plus years of age in our business oh my gosh isn't that crazy and i thought to myself i'm amazed because the most senior was 78 wow and i was like okay this is awesome yeah because i'm the the experience right the passion and then i had a moment like I so want to be retired. Oh my gosh! Like what? I, I want to talk to this person. I want to find this person and talk to them. That what motivates them, or why are they still working? I mean, it could be health, financial benefits, yeah. whatever. But I'm curious. Like, why are they still in the workforce mm-hmm. at at this age? They've already paid so much into Medicare and. <laughs> well, right. Like. Yeah, I, that I I would be fascinated. Mm-hmm. So I think you should seek them out. And what's, it's funny you say that. You brought back a memory for me that, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, a few years back, when we would do, like, those type of demographic right. reporting, um, at that time at the company we were at, there was one guy over 70 mm-hmm. out of, a, like, a 10,000-person company. Yeah. One. Yeah. And we'd always be like, oh, yeah, don't forget the one guy. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So, uh. This this idea of these people uh, th- that are staying longer, mm-hmm. hopefully not you and I, but these people who are staying longer in their careers, that we, even as our oldies um, and our our you know pals in, in Gen Z, career growth looks a lot different. It's not just this sort of like up or out mentality, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's like how can you move in all these maybe different horizontal ways, picking up different experiences and skills and making yourself much more sort of diverse in, in, in your knowledge of the workplace and, yeah. and things like that. So I think not that in 2019, I think the trend is we're just going to see more people staying longer in their careers yeah. yep. and Fact. that will continue. But the way it affects other people is 
the way we approach our careers. It's about the experiences mm-hmm. and building those skills, not up or out. So do you think that the the longer people stay, the more experienced colleagues, as we'll call them, um, is is the premise that they're going to be blockers, though, for the earlier in career um, colleagues? That's a good question. I'm my gut says no, because I, I, I feel like the majority I'm, I'm going to generalize a little bit are okay with, let's say promoting younger versus older, you know, and thinking about who's maybe the right fit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course there's people, you know, listening going, Oh no, not in my company. Like, so I think we still have a ways to go a little bit. Like, I yeah. don't think we're a hundred percent there. Yeah. I think we have a little ways to go, but no, I don't think so. And if you're staying in your career longer, again, I'd be curious what the 78 year old has to say. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're like, oh, I'm just looking to get promoted. Oh, I'm, I, or I'm at this particular level and yeah. you're not going to knock me out. They're probably, it's, they're there to mentor. They're there to have social interaction. They're there to keep their brain active. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see, but I hope when we like we're growing this sector of the over seventies, even mm-hmm. in the workplace. I mean, to get going as usual, change is hard. Right. So we might see that, but I don't. I don't think that's going to be it. Do you think that's going to be something we struggle with? I I honestly don't know. I think. Um... I think what we should do is we know a couple of people who have retired that are now thinking about getting back into the workforce. So I think we should have them on and discuss this. Like why? Yeah. And, and, and what would be acceptable? Like, do they care about level? Right. Yeah. Because I mean, some obviously like I shop at, um, you know, Walmarts and targets and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And there are folks there that I think have been retired and they're doing this job to get out of the house. I don't and think it's that. I don't think it's, it could be partly social, and, and but I think it's a little supplemental. Well, that income. as well. But I also think that if you think about how long just you and I have worked and then all of a sudden to come to a screeching halt and stop, I think you question, okay, what is my value now? Mm-hmm. How am I contributing? Good point. Yeah. And I think if you've had a, a career where you have grown, whether it's a little or a lot, you you feel like you've contributed and you're adding value to something. Yep. And I think the, I would I would guess that if we talk to some of the people we know that are retired and just kind of stopped and now are thinking about getting back into the workforce, it might come down to that. Like, I need a purpose. I need. Yeah. I, I got more gas in the tank. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure for some. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay. Interesting. Well, okay. Let's do that. Um. Okay. The next point was they called it be better than good, period. And this one talks all about corporate social responsibility mm. and how this is especially with our millennials and our Gen Z, how this is just really a key point for them. Yes. And their the employers they choose. Yes. And that because of this, it's sort of that the employees are demanding that employers and organizations 
take action in these areas. And so I know I have seen this over time. Mm-hmm. And um and I think it's I think it's great. You know, thinking back before I was in the workforce and stories I've heard, I think that uh different organizations, even if they were like a global used to not necessarily be a thing. And so they were actually more ingrained in their communities. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to this thing. Companies had to be global to be right. a big deal and right. whatever. But I feel like we're moving back to this. Yeah, companies might be global, but how do you make an impact in your community? How do right. you give back yep. to each and every community that you're in? Right. And so I think this is going to be, I feel like I've already seen this happening. And I think it's really interesting. Um, they do call it that 56% of organizations do not have corporate social responsibility as a priority. So that'll be interesting to check a year from now. What happens in 2019? Yeah. How much does that needle move? Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting point because um, as I interview candidates, um, especially earlier in career candidates, very nice. They're asking like, what is our corporate response, social responsibility? Like, what are we doing in the community? Like how, what do we have affinity groups and things like yeah. that? And um, it's really been an interesting dialogue with some of the candidates. Yeah. And I, they're actually choosing the company for those reasons or walking away from a company. Yeah. Yeah. They do give us one example, which I think is really interesting. And they call out Amazon and Target specifically. Hmm. Um, sort of that they have responded to em- employee demands, even because they're both very large companies, uh, even to the you know, kind of mass public, about what they pay their employees and how they're um, driving. So it's not just about minimum wage, but they want to drive to a point where they're providing a livable wage so a family could mm-hmm. could could live on this. And I know that here in our city um, that, you know, there was a new big venue built, and that was their whole premise, that what – Every position that gets hired in there, if you work um, in concessions or you're some sort of usher or you're a ticket taker, that you're making money where you could support your family. Mm-hmm. And so that back to the corporate social, where, I mean, these are yeah. the people that are in our community. Why should they have to work three jobs to make enough? Right. And so I think that's, um, I think that's really interesting. I thought the 56% don't have as a priority. I thought that was interesting. It's not as high as what I would have thought. Me too. It's lower actually. So that's yeah. a good thing. And so, um, but what, what did it say? There's going to be 36% of our workforce in by 2020. So in this year, it's going to grow 36 to 36% will be Gen Z. Hmm. So that's just more pressure being added. Yeah. Um, the next point was Prepare for the rise of the gig economy. The gig economy. We talked about Kim, that. The gig economy. So uh, as it's defined here, is, uh, a gig economy is comprised of individual contract or project work. And um, while there's a rise um, in, in this type of a need, in this type of a job, many companies are seeing increased turnover. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and th- the one thing they point out, which I, you and I, this is one of the points that we, t- so we've talked uh, probably ad nauseum about gig economy, but the one thing they point out, and this is the thing that jumps out at me too, is how, like, I get it, gig, the gig is growing, mm-hmm. and I get it, I comprehend it, 
but I think for me, where I get stuck and maybe why I have whatever this reaction is I'm having to it, I like stability in my job. Mm-hmm. And it could be my age, I don't know. But the, the, to me, the gig economy is like, I want to have a, a job that I know about for the long term. I want to know that I'm getting my health benefits and I'm getting my... Um, but if you're doing the gig economy... The way we define, like you know, the a full time worker mm-hmm. over thirty hours a week, blah blah blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. That makes me nervous. It's a constant hustle. So I'm fascinated with the gay economy. So I know as you, you as you know, I've been traveling a lot lately, and so I've been using Uber a lot. Yeah. Uh, to name a specific gig, gig. economy mm-hmm. company name. Um, but I have been using Uber a lot. And so... So you quiz the drivers. I do. And what's been fascinating is the one I've made a connection with. And um, coincidentally, I've ridden with them a couple of times. And so they do work a, a part-time job like for a company. But it's not enough to get by because it's purely part-time. Yeah. But they drive. And it's... Um, they love it and they're like it's flexible it's convenient it is and it's not always a hustle I mean this person predominantly sits at the airport they start there Mm -hmm. um you know they know they're probably most likely going to pick up a safe passenger because we've talked about like the risk of this yeah and we've talked about the inconsistencies and they have told me like how they have to plan themselves financially Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I can't wait to take another ride to ask more questions because I'm yeah. finding this whole process fascinating. And I'm almost tempted to jump in and do like an Uber driver just as a side hustle. Right. Um, as an experiment. As Just to, to, to experience it, yes. Yeah. So, okay, let's combine the one we talked about, okay. about people turning 100 yeah. and the gig economy. Yeah. I most recently... In my Uber trips, and I kid you not, they've all been retired, yeah, older gentlemen driving mm-hmm. Uber. Yeah. Again, it's like you said. The one guy said, "I just like I'm not contributing if I'm sitting at home watching TV." Right. You know, so I get to be out here and listen to people like you, and I get to hear about your job and right. your travels, and yeah. you know, he's like, "I worked for a lot of years and I traveled a lot." And so hopefully I can share some things with the people who are riding with me and whatever. But when you said that, I was like, do you know? And I'm, I kid you not, since 2019 turned over, I think every Uber driver I've had is a retired gentleman. Mm. They're delightful. They're great yeah. drivers. Yeah, yeah. And that's in many cities. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, number five. Is that the one we're on? Let me. Yeah. Okay, number five. All about you and your data. Okay. Oh Companies, boy. our employers, are starting to gather. So we're, we're talking workplace trends of 2019. So this, Kim, this is going to happen to you in 2019. Okay. Your employer is going to gather more and more data about you. Hmm. How do you feel? Hmm. I guess I got to cut down on some. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about okay. my uh, oh, Google cache, my cache <laughs> that uh, they can. Uh, oh. I'm fine with that because I have nothing to hide. 
I think, so I love, you know this about me, I love data. And I think this is, I, I, I think that uh, machine learning and AI is super interesting. Um, the point that I think um, just really, to me, just struck me, and, and this is totally, like, companies are giving out Fitbits now and all these health trackers. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nice. Like, you know, like as an employee, you're like, oh, wow, isn't that nice? Okay, but now they potentially, not not for sure, but they potentially could have access to your data. So as employees, I think the message here for 2019 and beyond is just be vigilant. Understand what data. Yes. And this is not just your employer, but what data is being collected about you. Yes. And why. Yeah. How will they use it? I don't know about you, Kim, but like a stupid example I'll give you is, you know, I, I, I do something probably out on the interwebs and then all of a sudden I'm on 27 different email lists yeah, yep. and I start getting just a crap ton yeah. of junk email. Right. Okay. So that's a stupid example, but it, just be vigilant. Know what, no, like make sure you read. If you're clicking accept yep. about someone taking your data, just know why. Yeah. What are they going to do with it? Who are they sharing it with? Yeah. I'll share with you, like last week I was in Europe, and um, so I had a few, you know, like an hour downtime. And so one of the things that I typically do is I'll read the newspaper headlines on online, right? And so I went to the site that I generally read at Google. I won't leave anybody, like, guessing, like, what where creepy site <laughs> Oh, my gosh, where do you get news? Yeah, what creepy <laughs> site do you want? Google, Google News, uh, just to be clear. And, um, and I said, it, but before it would let me in to read the news, it came up with the banner, like, you know, because I was in Europe, the GDPR. Yep. And, Global Data Protection Regulation. Yep. And it was saying kind of like, hey, we're going to collect this data. Do you agree? Do you consent? You can opt out, da, 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 and all this. Mm-hmm. So to your point, just be aware. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I will think, I think in the U.S., because it's where we're sitting, is that we will see regulations like what they've done in Europe on the data collection. Yeah. I mean, there are states that have pretty strict regulations yep. here in the U.S., but definitely Europe with this GDPR, it's a whole new level of consent. Yes. And and, and so as individuals, wherever you are in the world, whatever workplace you're working in, it's not just your employer that might gather data. It's anytime you go out onto the internet or, right. you know, on your smartphone. So just a good message. 2019, be aware of what you're allowing. Yep. Um, so here was sort of their final words of wisdom on this article. As the workplace continues to evolve to meet rapidly shifting demands, it increasingly falls upon employees to be self-advocates and educators and to avoid being left behind. Continuously expand your skill set. Stay open-minded to new individuals and experiences and understand how you fit into the future of your workplace. Okay, so honestly, when I read that, I'm like, that could be the the sort of summary for every year. Every year, right? yep. But that is stating the obvious. I, you know what? I'm not going to state the obvious because that is. Yep. I, I will say I found another article. And, like, I thought, oh, for sure, like, they're, they're going to be very similar, whatever. Okay, I want to call it a couple of differences because – there was a couple that made me like go, oh, wow. Um, so the next article comes from, it's based on an, um, an ADP survey. And uh, they, um, 
they in this particular article they they take a look back a little bit at 2018 but then they look at the the trends for 2019 and one of the things that they said was they called it the personalization of pay hmm. and you know just with all this sort of like uh, personalization you can do like you know you, you when, like you're talking about Google like I can set up like what my likes are in Google so it shows me those articles when mm-hmm. I when I log in or you know even with different like uh, uh, systems we might use at work it allows a little bit of personalization sure you know, I want this little icon to show first and I'm gonna move this other one over here because that's yeah, the how widgets. I like it yeah personalization of pay and so they're saying that employers will need to adopt flexible pay schedules so that the employee could choose. Kim, you and I have been in HR for a long time. So I'm sitting here like with a scooby-doo face going, hmm? Right? And that's why I wanted to call this one. That's why I I was like, okay, we're going to include this one. It's not part of the other article, but this one made me go, oh my goodness. This is going to happen? So what does this mean? Okay. So they're basically saying, um, because workers can personalize so many other things already that employers are going to need to be more flexible. And one of those things is going to be around pay schedules, but also financial wellness, which is super interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and so they're basically saying that we're no longer like when you go to a, a, a to you take a new job or you work at a place and they pay you bi weekly. Mm-hmm. Every other Friday, you're getting paid. Every 15th and 30th of the month, you're getting paid. No. It's going to be changed to a schedule where you get to pick how you get paid. Kim, to me, that is like Star Trek kind of. I'm thinking about the financial implications to a company of when they outlay their cash. Well, yes. Well, okay. Uh, cash is king, and we've both worked for companies that yeah. put a lot of uh, emphasis on cash. Yep. Well, guess what, company? Maybe because, again, employee demand, it's 2019. And I get it because, like, if you think about, like, well, let's talk about the new career. They have their, maybe their student loans. They have their rent. They have their whatever. And so if you're going to pay me every other Friday, well, that's not conducive to when my bills are due. And if you think about it from a wellness, or uh, yeah, like a financial wellness, like health and wellness, wellness programs have been a big deal for several years now. I think this thought about financial wellness, and I think this is where it comes in, is how, so sure, they make 401ks available. That's a kind of a common one. Um, And maybe that 401k company comes in and talks to you a little bit about your financial health or how Mm -hmm. to save money or how to, what you need to do to retire, whatever. But this idea of financial wellness, I think, is what struck me as, okay, well, if I have certain needs for my finances, then I want to get paid. Now, again, I think it's probably because I'm too old and it's just been like, this is how you're getting paid, lady. Um, It would never have occurred to me that I should be able to customize. So I'm sitting here thinking about... Like when I Don't first it. when I first got out of school, you know, started my working da da da, da and bought my first house. So my mortgage payment was due, let's say, on the tenth of the month. Yeah. And I think I worked for a company that paid like on the fifteenth and thirtieth. So you had to use your thirtieth to pay your tenth. 
Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to budget, you have to save, you have to think this through. So this financial wellness, is that saying in customize of the pay that I could say, okay, well, I really want to get paid instead of on the 30th. I want to get paid on the 7th because my mortgage is due like on the 8th or the 10th or whatever. Right. And is it your half of your pay? Like if you're paid bi-weekly or is it, okay, so I only you... want like, you know, $400 <laughs> <laughs> of, of my thousand dollar a month salary. I only want 400 on, on this, this day. day. But I want the rest. Yeah. Really? Okay. Huh. All it says is just that the pay cycles will move to be more flexible and meet the needs of the workers. So I don't know that any company actually does this today, but... And again, you know, if you think about what we heard about Gen Z and technology, why can't we pay anybody whatever day they want? It's about the cash of the company. So I'm going to call it right now on this particular yeah. trend. I don't think that this is... Oh, it's happening, Kim. It's happening. I don't think we'll see it. You don't think so? No, I think because uh, a company, the way they report their financials, the way they use their cash to invest... I I find it very hard. Maybe startups, but I don't see large corporations moving to this. It would be I think, okay, because of you, Kim, it's gonna be very difficult. <laughs> um, I, no, I think there will be. There's going to be curbs put up on here. So potentially, you have to be paid in the fiscal month. You have to be paid in the fiscal quarter. You have to be paid in the fiscal year. Like that's absolutely true. Yeah. Are they gonna say, oh yeah, pick. Uh, you know, like one through thirty-one, pick any day you want to get paid. I don't think so. I think it's still gonna, to me at least, to get started because that uh, you know what you're saying is a huge leap. At least to get started, maybe we pay people weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly, or whatever it is you choose. Do you want to be paid weekly? Okay, you can be paid weekly. Yeah, that I could see. But any day of the week, I I don't know that we're well. I mean, maybe we'd get there, well, we'll but I see. don't think in 2019. We'll see. I, I'm curious to see. I thought that one was super interesting. Yeah, That's that why is. I was like, yeah. we have to include that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a couple of the others, you know, there was, you know, one along the lines of, um, uh, you know, the, the cor corporate social responsibility, one along the lines of data. Um, the last one, and this one's not really that surprising, but I think it ties into the other things. The, the other one that they had that was different on this ADP survey was digital consumer grade human resources. And this one says employers and employees will continue to de demand that technology they use at work be as user-friendly as what they use in their personal life. Mm -hmm. And I think we've already seen that. So they're saying this yeah. is a 2019 trend. I think this is one that's carrying over. Yeah. It's just yep. going to yeah, keep going with it. So that one was different. And I think it's totally true. And again, so it, that probably was impacted by the millennials, but only going to be further pushed yeah. with the Gen Z. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, the Gen Z will push that, you know, like when a company acquires another company, that they don't get to stay on their legacy system. Like, they all have to be on one system. And I think that that's, that's a great thing because the company I work for right now grows through acquisition, and every acquisition typically stays on their own, like, MRP system or ERP system or yeah and it's fine um, yes. yes yes so I think that um, I think if if the push from this generation or this 
group of, in the workforce push for that standardization, mm-hmm. I think that'll be a great thing and help with productivity. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Kim, that was the workplace trends for 2019. Um, I will, we, we kind of stated the obvious there in the middle. I'm going to reiterate it though. Um, basically this workplace that we know and love, it's going to evolve and change. So as an employee, as an individual, be your own self-advocate and educator, and also be very aware of your data and where it's going. Yep. Be aware of your data. Good. All right. Well, it's good to be back together, and I'm sure our listeners are happy to hear from us. Hopefully they're happy to hear from us. So I'll say thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our active military and our veterans for your service and what you've done for all of us. And please stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.